0: Well, hello there, listeners. Welcome to the Content Clearinghouse. I'm Brett Chisholm. And I'm Josh Evans. On today's episode, I discuss the science behind the word salad and weather phenomenon, amazing jumping dog crown flash. And then Josh gets into the weird world of SCPs, or SPCs if you're me and you can never say anything right. Uh, if this just sounds like alphabet soup to you... Well, then you haven't been exposed to one of the most fascinating worlds of fiction on the internet, and certainly one of the only good things to come out of 4chan. I can't wait to get into some government documents. Movies, shows, and video games. podcast books, and their acclaims. Let their favorite content become yours. It's the Content Clearing House. Content Clearing House. And it starts right now. Brett, how are you? I'm good. You know, this, is, All our, right. <laughs> this <laughs> is our this is our 31st episode, and it's also the last day that I will be 31. How weird is that? Ooh, I just really wanted that to mention it's going to be my birthday tomorrow.
1: <laughs> some
0: serendipity right there. Oh, Happy birthday, buddy, thanks. I guess
1: in advance. Or uh, from the perspective of when the
0: show releases, uh, the future. Yeah. Happy belated birthday to myself on this recording. So how are you doing? What's new with you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I just topped
1: out. I don't know if I told you this already, but I just uh, passed 100 miles on my one wheel, which was my goal before the end of the year. So I'm pretty uh, pretty proud of myself being
0: able to stand on that one wheel for that long. Nice. Yeah, that's like uh, over four marathons. Totally. I don't know why I convert how, miles to marathons. I,
1: I totally put one wheel riding into the same category
0: as running twenty six miles. <laughs> oh, is it twenty six? Well, then it's less Something than like four. That. Okay, I have no idea how long a marathon is. I I should not use that as a unit of measurement. Maybe one of our mathematician listeners will write in and
1: correct your addition.
0: It's like it's like several uh five ks. I'm sure. Well, that's pretty totally. cool, man. I yeah. actually It's like I, 20 of them. <laughs> I actually rode my one wheel tonight and I'm was going up a pretty gnarly uh steep hill, uh like a dirt road, but it was a pretty steep grade here at Camp V. And you know, I had to jump off at a certain point. I was actually worried about my mini fangs, which is like these little wheels I a, a third party a, uh company that makes them. I screwed them onto the front and it's too help save your life or your bones if you have a nosedive. But actually, I actually think it might be a little bit detrimental when going uphill on like really rocky, um, bumpy terrain. So I might take them off, but anyway, I had to jump off the one wheel and then mounting it on a steep hill. Uh, It is not recommended. I tried it with the nose facing uphill I tried it with the nose facing down, couldn't like get the motor to engage before I was just like, you know, once the motor engages, you're good. But I couldn't get it to engage before like rolling quickly down this hill. So I had to carry my one wheel down to the bottom of the hill. It's kind of a walk of shame for sure. You know what I've been doing
1: is uh, there's a park by my house where I ride sometimes in the grass and it's too steep to ride directly up. But I just put the one wheel horizontal on the hill. And engage the motor, and then start carving back up the hill. That works pretty well.
0: I I tried to do that too, and it was like steep enough that I couldn't really get balanced sideways. But mm. I don't think my skills well, are the, as uh, sharp as yours. A one wheel technique pod. <laughs> in case anyone was, was wondering what they tuned into this week. Uh, that's right. Um, well, actually, if I I have something else I want to get uh that I want to talk about before we get into the content I know you're really excited to talk about some crazy content that you haven't told me what it is but I, I'm pretty excited about my off-topic discussion uh the the off-top are you ready oh, to is get that what it's called uh, yeah something like that the, the off-topic huh the off-topic <laughs> <It's> so formal <laughs> all right so, well, I'm very excited to see what you got, man. Yeah, so I sent you, uh, and I know you haven't watched this yet. I know you don't know what any of these terms mean, but I sent you a video on YouTube called Amazing Jumping Sundog Crown Flash. <laughs> so That's um, a lot of words. So I'm hoping that you can uh, go ahead and watch this and maybe give, because uh, I really want to inspire our listeners to go check this out, and I'll put the link in the show notes and on the website, cchpod.com. Um, but I kind of want to get your reaction live while you're watching the video, so go ahead and check it out. All right, let me, uh,
1: let me see what we got here, Brett. All right, so I'm looking at, it's like a video of the sky, looks like there might be some uh, parachute lines or something on the right, maybe a balloon. <laughs> and now this guy's looking through his sunglasses at the sky. <laughs> Fucking out, dude. And the light is moving back and forth. It looks like a laser beam in the sky or something. <laughs>
0: Can you hear the, what the guy's saying? <laughs> yeah, the guy is really kind of freaking out about this. So look, So keep watching that light. Yeah, it's wiggling back and forth.
1: He's very amazed. It's pretty strange looking, right? It's really weird. Is this a natural phenomenon? It is indeed. All right, I'm going to pause it right there. Yes. So I'm guessing
0: that's a sun dog. <laughs> that, that is correct. Well, more specifically, uh, that is called a, a jumping sundog. So I'm going to be talking about sun dogs a little bit. Now, do you remember um, kind of the the particular part of my appearance that you and our group of friends, the crew bar, uh, pointed like, liked to single out about me, my weatherman your hair. Appearance? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You had probably, you looked like a, uh, kind of like a Roman statue. Your hair <laughs> was always so sculpted. It, like it was cut out of
0: marble. It's <laughs> like the most perfectly groomed man hair I think I've ever seen. Well, I always, I I actually secretly liked uh, you guys always, you know, it seemed like you're making fun of my weatherman hair, but I kind of liked it because I absolutely love uh, weather stuff like meteorology. It kind of, it kind of comes with the territory of aviation, obviously with flying. Um, But the, you know, the more that I've learned about weather, just the more fascinated and amazed I am by it. Now there's a lot of weather phenomenon that I actually are kind of like on my list to talk about on the off top. I mean, microbursts are super fascinating. Um, green flash sunsets, light pillars, ball lightning, St. Elmo's fire. That's really the only one on this list that I have actually ever seen, which was pretty cool. I'll, I'll definitely have to talk about that at some point, but Sundogs. Now I have never seen a Sundog, but this particular youtube video i just stumbled across it i think that i was like in the reddit section uh the ufo section of reddit or something like that because this looks otherworldly i mean it looks like some kind of like ufo like shifting or warping light or something like that looks like
1: a beam from underground it's like dancing around and like painting the clouds almost
0: it does um so, what this is, is a sun dog. Now, a sundog, dog, uh, also called a mock sun, formerly called a parhelion, is this atmospheric phenomenon. It's this optical illusion, basically, that consists of a bright spot on either side, one side or both sides of the sun. Now, um, if you were to Google... A sundog. There's actually, I'm going to link uh, snowcrystals.com as a website that I kind of stumbled upon, and I'm going to uh, link to the atmospheric halos in the show notes. The picture that they have is of of a sundog. It was actually, and this is no joke. This is the public domain photo from w- w- uh, Wikipedia, uploaded by gopherboy 6956.
1: <laughs> Very <laughs> reputable source. <laughs>
0: Anytime it's, someone throws a
1: sixty-nine in there, you know it's official. That's, that's right. That's like the uh, verified on Twitter of the internet.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Gopher Boy, the sixty-nine fifty-six. His uploaded image of a sundog is kind of the most famous um, image that, I, through my research at least online, of a sundog. It's just like a very prominent. But you've probably. More commonly than a sundog is is just the more general category of, a, of an atmospheric halo. Um, so you, if you've ever looked up at the moon or at the sun and you've seen this ring around it, it's sometimes called a ghostly ring. Um, it can be called a... Uh, uh, I think it, it can be called like a winter ring or something like that as well. But anyway, so what you're seeing is light being refracted through crystals. They call this the 22 degree halo. And I tried to really understand what this 22 degrees is all about. I I don't actually understand it. Literally this website says the math is not simple, but it turns out that the most likely reflection angle is 22 degrees. So it, it comes from these ice crystals that are that are in cirrus clouds mostly. So they're, su- they're, they're ice crystals suspended in the air. They usually have a hexagon-type shape. So they're kind of like a prism. And now, now, the light is hitting all these prisms, and it's creating this, quote-unquote, 22-degree halo. It's creating this ring around the light source. Now, more specifically, what you get with a sundog is you get like this collection of more concentrated light on the left and the right. Okay. So this is all just light coming through ice crystals to create the sundog. Now, and I am, I will link to another video uh, of a meteorologist that is also explaining this phenomenon. If what I'm saying doesn't make sense because they have some images and whatnot, but a jumping sundog, this is wild to me. <clears throat> so the, Ice crystals are in a particular pattern, but that pattern, the orientation of the ice crystals in space is changing because it's near a thunderstorm. These ice crystals are near a thunderstorm, and the electrical charge of the air, the electrical charge of the air is changing the orientation of the ice crystals every time there is a lightning strike in the vicinity. So, as you know, lightning is formed because you get all these differently charged particles. I think they're negatively charged and they accumulate in the cloud. And then they, it becomes like so accumulated that it needs to jump the gap to a positive charge. So what you're getting is just like, imagine like iron fillings near a magnet and how they orient themselves to this invisible field. You are essentially getting ice crystals like those iron fillings or being oriented by the electrostatic charge in the air and creating these sundogs, and then the sundog jumps and it moves. And if wow. you if you Google this, I mean, if you look this up on YouTube, I mean, how many videos, uh, you know, of like a bear doing a somersault can you find on you? Like, you can pick the most obscure thing, and there's going to be like tens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of videos of this. I can only find on YouTube two videos of a jumping sun dog. Two, two of them. So what? it's this was.
1: Uh, so we just watched fifty percent of the content on this entire uh, phenomenon.
0: Honestly, it's it's. Uh, and the other video, I'll link to it. It's uh, thanks, Crystal Jean, for uploading this video. Thanks for not having a 69, name like Sixty <laughs> Nine Four Twenty or. <laughs> um, and this video, it's. I feel like this, the sundog beam isn't quite as prominent, but it's a great video of a jumping sundog. It only has 485 views, so I can't wait to link this video so that Crystal Jean can have 486 views on her YouTube channel. You know channel. we <laughs> get him at least one. I'll watch it.
1: <laughs> exactly. So let me see if I get this straight cause uh-huh. I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, so it's the refraction of the light as the as the crystals change direction that's making the light look like it's dancing around like a beam and bending exactly it's just that those it's like all those little mirrors are all shifting kind of in sync and exactly and redirecting the light beams
0: yes and they're the photons cha- they're changing their orientation. they're orienta- they're, be- they're suspended in the air so you, they're already creating a sundog which is already a rare phenomenon and Man, then you have a lightning crazy. strike so the orientation of the crystals changes in the air because it's being influenced by the electricity from the nearby thunderstorm clouds and so that sundog is and like And you're seeing the aggregate shit. of
1: that reflection.
0: Exactly. Because it's, it's not like every crystal is
1: facing directly at you at this perfect 22 degree angle but when you have billions and billions of crystals the chance that you know, like every third one or something is facing you. And, and then if you were standing in a different position,
0: you may see something different or may not see it at all. That is a good question. I don't um, 100% know the answer to that. I mean, I- on your are a weatherman. I do think just the hair, Josh, just the hair. <laughs> uh, just the hair went to get its meteorology degree. So- The rest um, of you is at contentology school. <laughs> that's right. I was so excited to reunite <laughs> with my hair. Um, so I don't know the answer to that. I do think you have to be standing in a particular spot because it is like a little mirror. Like this ice crystal is is changing. It's like light is hitting it and then it's it is directing it at this specific angle into your eye. I you know, I don't think you need to be in exactly one spot like but you know, I I think you have to be in some sort of general vicinity. I once again it's like I'm
1: getting hit with like an eclipse or something. Exactly. Like you have to be like in a very specific zone.
0: I think so. I think so, but one of the craziest things too and this is another reason I urge you to go to uh, snowcrystals.com/halos so there is this incredible photo of one of the rarest, um, it, as they put it, the most exotic halo displays. It's actually in the South Pole. So there, this uh, this one was photographed by Walter Tape. It's because it's so cold; it has such a dry climate that there's these perfectly faceted ice uh, ice crystals suspended in the air that are aerodynamically aligned. So maybe there's like a light wind, and they're shaped like a bullet or like a teardrop. So they produce a, uh, it it looks like a psychedelic psychedelic pattern. I don't know how else to put it. I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you right now. It actually, um, when I showed Brie, she said it looks like something out of guardians of the galaxy when they're like, go to another planet. And there's like, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, uh, you know, this stuff I just find so fascinating. Uh, so check out, check out this Antarctic halo. And your mind will be blown. This is not a Photoshopped picture.
1: It never ceases to amaze me like how just normal and day to day living on this planet is in a way it seems. And then something like this, like I've never even heard of a sundog before. And to like see that and just understand that that's just a product of this complex interconnected system that, Allows life to exist on this planet, but it also has all these side effects and these strange phenomenon, which phenomenon is very interesting that you chose something along those lines because it kind of goes into what I'm talking about today. Oh, so it's always good when you get like a speaking of serendipity, a serendipitous <laughs> tie in. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, this makes me think of there's two really interesting um uh, meteorological effects that I've seen. One is I've seen this two times here in Colorado. When it was like a very cold night, like below freezing, and then there was a lot of moisture in the air. And then off of every light source, like every street light, I would see these like columns of light just shooting up into the sky until like, you know, hundreds of feet up. Those are and light pillars. Yeah. And I, yeah. at first I thought I was seeing like a reflection off my car wind- windshield. So I looked outside and it's like, no, this is something that's just existing independent of you know any reflection or anything so that was that was something that was almost like i felt like peeking behind the curtain into another dimension because it was so bizarre
0: Light yeah, pillars I, is what those are. Yeah, light pillars. And I, it's a very similar, I, I believe it's suspended ice crystals, but you know they have to yeah. be a certain distance, a certain size. I, you know They're somewhat common, I think, in Colorado just because of our climate. But, I I mean, dude, I've never seen them once. I've never seen light pillars. Um, but the photos of them just look fantastic. I've seen those
1: twice. That's very cool. Those
0: are real treats. But here's
1: something else. Maybe as a skydiver you've experienced this because – I can't imagine there's any other way to see it. You might've seen this as a pilot also, but there's been times in free fall where I've had the sun at my back, a cloud beneath me. My shadow is being cast on the cloud and around my shadow is a perfect. 360 degree rainbow. It's just a, a gigantic circular rainbow that it's got, it's gotta be something about the light interplay between the shadow and the, what that's doing to the light that's bouncing off the cloud. And that is a crazy thing to see in the sky because it skydiving is already so mind blowing. And to see something like that is again, it it feels like a tear in
0: reality. You know, I actually, uh, did see something similar to that. And I was absolutely terrified because it was the first time that I was really in a cloud. Uh, this was in Australia. um, I believe I was out at, yeah, I was out at Sydney and I was straight up like in a cloud under canopy. I opened in a cloud. I was still under a, under, in a cloud skydive on a skydive. And of course, as you know, you just make right turns because you're hoping that if everybody else is in a cloud, they're also making right turns. So you stay somewhat in place so that you don't collide with another skydiver see anything in a cloud. You have like right 50 foot visibility maybe right well every t- so the first time i saw my shadow i thought i was about to fly into another skydiver of course totally. it was just my sky it was just my you know my shadow on the cloud but every time i saw it it scared the shit out of me because i thought i was about to collide with another skydiver under canopy but yeah never uh, you know popped out of the clouds and landed but it was uh I I couldn't I do remember seeing a halo around it, but I was so scared that it was another skydiver I like totally forgot about that detail. Whoo that's (laughs) intense. Yeah. Well, you know, we've gone from uh
1: the one wheel Maneuver recommendation show to Josh and Brett talk about the weather. (laughs) It's quite the upgrade. Yeah. It is extremely interesting though, man. That's uh yeah, man.
0: I've I've had it on the list for a while. For sure.
1: When somebody is like, "Oh, you want to make small talk? Talk about the weather." They are clearly not talking about sundogs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's no, there's no small talk when it comes to sundogs. It's serious business. It's true. There's just a small amount
1: of video of them.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Two videos. Thanks, Crystal Jean. Thanks, Go For Dog sixty nine. Uh, so what's been on your uh, content circuit lately?
1: Uh, so. I am finishing up the Old Man War, Old Man's War uh, book series. I'm on the final book right now. And there's so many things in that book that I had forgotten about. I have like, maybe you do this too, but I have kind of a habit of every two, three years going back and rereading these like six to ten book sci-fi series. It's just that there's certain sci-fi concepts I like to have rattling around in my mind at all times and – it's interesting like when I i feel like I've forgotten enough about a book to go back and it almost feels new again. And that's been, been—I've. this is probably like the third read through I've done of the old man's war series, but there's so many things in there that, you know, just concepts, like we talked about consciousness and we discussed that show, that book on the show. So many ideas in that realm that I feel, I feel so happy topping them back off and having these like these crazy thoughts running through my mind all day again. So that has been pretty great. I'm almost finished with it. I'm sure I'll have to move on to something else new soon.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's not very often when I uh, read books twice. I, I did just re- uh, reread World War Z pretty recently over the pandemic. good course, one. When we were all locked in. I guess I shouldn't say over the pandemic. It's still happening. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Right in the middle of it, yep. well, anything new did you uh you got anything new going on? you know I haven't had a a whole lot of time i've been uh we just had furniture delivered at Camp v, so it's been like a lot of unloading moving we've been doing some some yard work. We're trying to like get this place uh spick and span and ready for uh guests basically so and I'm just like exhausted and sore and ready to sleep at night. But you know when I'm doing the dishes. I like to listen to my podcast. So I've been listening to Sam Harris Making Sense. Last podcast on the left has had some fantastic and gruesome episodes uh, so lately. Good. Always, always recommend that uh, if you if you like a little if you have a little bit of a macabre uh, interest within you, then it's de- it's definitely a fun show.
1: Yeah, but, that's great. I imagine there's some people listening to this that cross over last podcast. It's
0: one of the most popular shows in the world. Yeah, it is. I also saw an episode of Shark Tank recently, and they had the lifted on there. They had TDCS, and none of the sharks oh, bit. Man, couldn't believe it. What a bunch of losers! No wonder they're all <laughs> poor. I yeah, it didn't seem like the pitch went very well. It seemed like it, the guy was was uh, kind of going for the sales pitch, and they were like afraid to really back their product. Because they don't want to make these like medical claims, but I mean, if you you know if you if these guys like us would have started their introduction to TDCS with that episode on uh, Radiolab Nine Volt Nirvana, they would know that science. They would know how many clinical studies and even the government was involved in setting TDCS. So I'm a proponent. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, clearly I it we works. love it. Yeah, you were. Using it while we were recording last week, so <laughs> it's true. You know we're fans. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna get into some content.
1: Who content? Clear
0: it out. All right, welcome back to the Content Clearinghouse, Josh. I don't think you have ever talked up your content piece without revealing what it is ever before in the long, long history of the show. So I I can't wait to hear what you're going to talk about. I think you're going to
1: love this. I'm not just talking about one piece of content today. I'm talking about an entire creative universe that I discovered. And this started when I found a very specific piece of content that I'll also discuss later on YouTube and watching this. You know, I just like saw the thumbnail. I was like, oh, it looks cool. Watched it got sucked in and it sent me down this rabbit
0: hole into a world of fiction that I had no idea even existed. So, OK, so it's fiction you, it, it doesn't uh, that rules out snuff films. Thank God. Yes, no, no <laughs> snuff. Although there might be some references. to it. I haven't dug that deep
1: into this. I imagine anything you can think of, there's going to be a reference to it in this. It's it's so deep. Huh? So let me ask you.
0: What do the letters S-C-P mean to you? S-C-P. Uh, <clears throat> not much. Sounds like an acronym to something. Supercala Pragilistic. No, not... <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, you're wrong. It's but that's okay. Of Chicago Parachutes. <laughs> no, that's it. All
1: right. <laughs> All right everyone you know everything you need to know about SCP right now no so those letters didn't mean anything to me either until Thursday night like I I prepared usually I prepare these weeks in advance but I derailed my plan that I had for tonight's show when I came across this and just started outlining this thing like I discovered this on Thursday night and I went on this manic researching mission until like four in the morning. I just couldn't stop looking into this stuff. As you can imagine, that made Friday morning, when my kids woke up at six thirty, a little
0: rough. Oh <laughs> but boy! I think I think it's going to be worth it. Stupid so, children, p- parents. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's how I felt. A stupid children parent that morning because I could not <laughs> wake it. up.
1: Avatar unplugged all day. But the uh, so. The SCP Foundation is a fictional organization, and this is, this is directly from the SCP Wiki. This is from their website. But they're a fictional organization documented by a web-based collaborative fiction project of the same name. Within the website's fictional setting, the SCP Foundation is responsible for locating, containing individual entities, locations, and objects that violate natural laws, also referred to as SCPs. So the real world website is a community-based project and includes elements of many genres such as horror, science fiction, and urban fantasy, and it's all created and submitted through crowdsourcing. On the SCP Foundation Wiki, the majority of the works consist of uh, SCP special containment procedures, like that, that phrase is listed in all of these things. But I've also heard and seen several places the words Secure, contain, and protect listed as the meaning of SCP. But essentially, what what you find on this website are these structured uh, the structured internal documentation that describes SCP objects and the means of keeping them contained. And the website contains thousands of SCP entries about these anomalies. They also have thousands of these things called Foundation Tales, which are basically short stories that take pl- take place within the SCP Foundation universe. And this series has been praised for its ability to convey horror through its scientific and academic writing style, as well as having very high standards of quality. Essentially what you get when you open this website is a long list of SCP entries. And each one of them has a number and then some sort of code name associated with it. When you open it up, You get these very detailed, they look like government documents. They are, they're rigorously formatted and they contain, a lot of it is like very dry writing like you would find in a government report. But when you start reading into it, it's this very complex sci-fi world where you get all this information about these crazy things, which I've got a few uh, examples for you that I'll, I'll run by you in just a second.
0: Is this, a, so, is this something you've ever come across? No, I don't think it is. When you so I I think I'm following. So this isn't from a fictional universe. This is the fictional universe. It's correct, and it's written by the community of people that are also consuming this information. Interesting. So it's cra- it's like crowdsourced fiction, as told exactly. through this. This is very interesting. So are there like drawings photographs of these objects both there's photographs drawings there
1: are schematics whatever kind of reference material you would expect to find in a government file about something like imagine opening up a government file about a UFO encounter all of the formatting and the the dry writing that you would expect to find there as well as if there are any like redacted portions of the information, or if there are photographs or eyewitness reports, anything like that, you'd find all of that in an SCP file.
0: Interesting. And how do they keep this like uh, uh, standardized? Like, is it, do people try to keep things looking like uh, they belong together? Cause I mean, if this is a, if this is like crowd crowdsourced, I imagine that would be a bit of a challenge. Well, it it looks like there's an entire workshop
1: on the uh, in the on the homepage that details like their formatting requirements. Wow! And this then like any interesting. large community like that, there are moderators that are going in and just making sure that everything looks like it fits together. You know, like I imagine that the people that are doing this are they probably get pretty good at it because this seems like the kind of kind of like writing project you would get into if you were like. Super into creative writing and just like expressing yourself, and you get you know you you really get into the formatting aspect of it because that presentation is a real part of making you feel like you're sifting through government documents
0: Wow yeah this is I am very intrigued this this is definitely like nothing you've talked about before on the show. This is like nothing I've ever found before experienced so wow. the first the very
1: first s e p Uh, entry it originated on the paranormal or the X forum on 4chan and this is where SCP-173 was posted in 2007 so SCP-173 the the uh, file entry reads it is constructed from concrete and rebar with traces of Krylon brand spray paint SCP-173 is animate and extremely hostile the object cannot move while within a direct line of sight Line of sights must not be broken at any time with SCP-173. Personnel assigned to enter the container are instructed to alert one another before blinking. Object is reported to attack by snapping the neck at the base of the skull or by strangulation. In the event of an attack, personnel are to observe Class 4 hazardous object containment procedures. So that's like the description of SCP-173. And then there's a picture i'll link uh this original scp-173 write-up but there's a picture it's like basically like this weird like elongated concrete monster just standing in the corner of this nondescript room with a window so you, you can tell someone whoever came up with this was like oh i'm gonna write like a cool little short story and then they did like a photoshop and they put it together and it created like this phenomenon this is i mean this is like one of Thousands of entries that you find on SCP Wiki.
0: Now, is is 4chan itself an SCP? You know what?
1: <laughs> I have not dug deep in, enough into this, but I guarantee you, you would find something along those lines in here. Like a meta. Because people write this stuff about yeah. everything they're fans of, anything they find interesting. Like, there's there's stuff in here about, like, a TV that only displays this extremely brutal sports contest and once you watch this extremely brutal sports contest you'll never have interest in any other kind of sport because it rewires you and it makes you it, it set your standards higher it's it's just like this insane d- detailed history of all these imaginary phenomenon that is very interesting wow like i almost felt like I was participating in an augmented reality game while I was reading this stuff. It was like it was a secret stash of content that was way off the beaten path, and something you have to really dig for. And it's been a long time since I've experienced anything like that.
0: I just, I just like that. This is like something I love about the internet, and I mean, <clears throat> I can't imagine uh, a lot of great things are born out of 4chan, but. Just like the idea of a meme. What about QAnon, bro? There you go. I mean, I, of course QAnon. That's th- thank goodness we've got Q on our side. Uh, <laughs> we don't endorse Q. Well, uh, no, it's but the, just like the idea of like an idea virus or like a meme that I don't know. Somebody like makes one joke, and if it if it's just enough people. Just like think it's funny and share it or like tweak it. And then you kind of like it gets this exponential growth uh, like a virus, um, you know, and that that's where the term comes from of something going viral. But it, you can create like these whole uh, stories of this like entire Internet culture. But this this one in particular actually sounds like people put work and thought into it. And it sounds like <laughs> I don't know way more interesting and fascinating than like memes like uh, the other day uh brie Bree and I were looking up cankle memes, <laughs> and I was like why Because <laughs> i I guess I didn't know exactly what a cankle was i I kept saying my uh after it's i fat got done, calf ankle, I guess it's a calf that just goes down to your ankle and you don't have a prominent ankle bone, but i kept I had really sore ankles after I don't know if I... I just like landed funny jumping, but it was after skydiving and I just, my ankles hurt and I kept saying, I have swollen cankles (laughs) and Bree said, I don't think you know what cankles are. And then so to, (laughs) 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 so to prove my point, we, we were Googling pictures of cankles and then one thing led to another and we were looking up cankle memes. And uh, yeah, this is not the fictional universe that I want want anyone to explore, including myself. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll link to some cankle pictures for you guys. Perfect.
1: But you know the the thought I had when I was reading this was, I you know, it's kind of like an earworm, like a song gets stuck in your head. Oh yeah. This idea, it was like I was thinking it was like a brainworm. It was like this idea that even when i wasn't reading these scps i was thinking about like strange phenomena like a sundog okay so i could totally see there being an scp file on sundogs that's it's, awesome it's i bet if you dig deep enough in there you can find something like that on this page but i i did i pulled out a few uh excerpts from the site that i wanted to read to you just to give you an idea of like the the types of content that's on here so scp 5010 resembles a white-haired female of approximately 1.6 meters in height. It appears to be between the ages of 75 and 85, although current evidence suggests that it does not experience physical aging. 5010 has no visible anus, nipples, or genitalia. Medical analysis has determined that it possesses a stomach cavity but lacks any intestines, kidneys, or bladder. 5010's primary anomalous effect occurs at apparently random intervals while 5010 is within the vicinity of at least four other individuals. During a 5010A event, one or more individuals will be murdered by an initially unknown assailant. In the majority of cases, only a small number of people, usually between three and eight, will have had the means or motive to kill the deceased, although exceptions to this have been found. 5010 will then proceed to investigate the deaths, ingratiating themselves with witnesses and swiftly discovering relevant clues. It's basically the plot synopsis to murder she wrote. So someone created an entire SCP file to explain <laughs> Angela Lansbury's superhuman oh ability gosh. to solve and get sucked into hundreds of murder mysteries over the 12-year run of the show. Oh my gosh,
0: that's too funny. I was like, where is this going? <laughs> no physical you know, if there's process. If there's one film and T V reference that will land with the zoomers of today, it's murder she wrote. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, so I w- that was I wasn't a murder she wrote guy, but a diagnosis murder with Dick Van Dyke. Uh yes please. You know what? <laughs> you could probably
1: very easily slide the format of this SCP entry over onto whatever the hell he was doing and it yeah. it you could probably justify all these weird things that happen on these shows. For sure. So here's another one. You'll love this one. This is SCP-5004-B, codenamed Megalomania. SCP-5004-B is a group designation for anomalous phenomenon affecting the executive branch of the United States government. Based on current understandings of the conditions of SCP-5004-A, the anomaly should dissipate entirely on January 20th, 2021 at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. SCP-5004-A is a colossal, colossal thermological entity identified as Suspira Prime by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Unusual Incident Unit. It's self-titled as Old Gorman, which was ritualistically summoned to the material plane by a U.S. Supreme Court justice and noted sorcerer Charles Evans Hughes during the U.S. general election of 1916. The supposed intent of this summoning was to aid Justice Hughes in his campaign against incumbent President Woodrow Wilson. However, this effect was in vain, as SCP-5004-A was originally too weak to take any action that would have aided the Republican candidate. After his eventual loss to Wilson, Hughes, either unknowingly or out of spite, altered the conditions of his ritual in a way that changed 5004-A's stated intentions, leaving the entity to sleep for 100 years before awakening. SCP-5004-B is United States President Donald Trump. SCP-5004-B is a powerful reality sink negating the anomalous effects of supernatural entities or artifacts near it by altering the way these entities or artifacts interact with the specific fabric of of (laughs) space-time. So, this is... Some independent writer created this entire fully fleshed-out entry for a history of donald trump being an anomaly with powers to control a separate entirely fleshed out demonic character summoned to help some obscure judge win a presidential election <laughs> that is in the hilarious. 1900s i love it and it's and this is like i didn't that's a lot i didn't want to copy too much of this because this entry goes on for like 40 pages i'm going to read like it history of this story <laughs> it's so it's so entertaining and then i pulled out a, a really short one right here This is like two sentences. This is SCP 1143. It's a pair of unbranded aviator sunglasses. When worn by an individual, 1143 causes inanimate objects behind the individual to explode spontaneously and seemingly (laughs) in random pattern. It's called the code name for this one was called Cool Guys Don't Look at Explosions. (laughs) That's
0: perfect. Oh, man. We should link to that YouTube video, too. You remember seeing that? Cool guys don't look at explosions like a supercut of that the music video. Is that yeah. SNL skit or something? Oh, totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know they they probably uh,
1: they had SCP eleven forty three out on loan for the weekend <laughs> yeah. so they could shoot that
0: skit. But this goes on. Are they are they, they mostly satire? Like, are they are do they all have like a comedic spin, or do you think that's just where mm. things on the internet like lead eventually? Mm. Not all of them. I mean, there there's one that's for Bigfoot, and it's
1: just like a detailed write up of like everything that's known about Bigfoot. It's and a lot of them are like some of them. These are like kind of funny, cheesy ones, but there are also ones that are just like straight up horror, like that first one. Yeah, like the rock monster that you can't look away from. And and a lot of them have like these really twisted spins on them, like like that's almost like a curse. If you look away from this thing, it'll kill you. You know. And uh, that's the kind of that's kind of like the the danger that is lurking in a lot of these files is these really like twisted Twilight Zone style ways that they can kill you.
0: Very cool. You know that the Angela Lansbury one when you first started reading that one after you talked about the uh, the rock monster it kind of reminded me of the zombie video game that you and I used to play. That had these like the witches that were like such a frightening character. Left for dead. It left for dead, and that's what I thought. I thought you were going there, and no, nope. just a kindly old Lansbury. Yeah, <laughs> that's very cool. I cannot wait to check this out. This is definitely fascinating, and I'm I'm very surprised. I've never stumbled across this. So this is like you were talking about the internet earlier if i had to sell an
1: alien on the idea of the internet this is exactly the type of cross section i would want to give them because it's the internet it's not the fact that you're like instantly connected with friends and strangers all over the world and you can contact anyone like with the push of a button or that you can find like an encyclopedic knowledge of almost any subject what's really awesome about the internet is that you can have something that's this detailed and this thought out and ultimately pointless created to such a level of fidelity that it appears real and that is the internet right there. And honestly, I, like I imagine I like the that alien. You're more, I like that you're
0: more of a more of a fan of something pointless <laughs> totally. than you are of like like Wikipedia, like all the world's knowledge being collected. Like, no, give me the pointless stuff exactly and i'm sure i mean the
1: alien would probably fall in line with your thoughts and vaporize me because it doesn't share my same appreciation for absurdity disguised as governmental reports that's a risk i'm willing to take brett especially if i'm first contact when it comes to exposing the internet to an alien and he shoots up into the sun dog where he came from exactly so this is this like has touchstones in pop culture too this is uh so I have a video game, it's called Control. It's like a third-person shooter that I bought cuz it looked interesting, but I had no idea that this game is almost a direct tie-in and reference to the SCP universe. So you uh you play as a character, Jesse, this this woman who's going in for a job interview at this place called the Federal Bureau of Control. And on the first day, you like you go in and you notice that like you'll walk a direction down a hallway and then you'll turn around. And then when you spin back to your original direction, the hallway is completely changed. It's like you're in a different part of the building. So you start to get a feeling that like this building is, you know, it's like alive or something. And then you get sucked into like this paranormal mystery where you find out that this building, which they call the oldest house, is non-Euclidean geometry, which means that it's different on the inside than it is on the outside. And that... Mm it's built to house these anomalies and a lot of them are almost word for word, something you'd see on the SCP website. So like there, there's something in there that it's like a refrigerator that you can't look away from. And when you encounter it, it's like a, a character standing there, just like locked onto it. And you get the feeling he's been there for years or something. And it's all this kind of like weird psychological horror. So this is, I mean, I found a wired article about SCP as a phenomenon and how it's like, now, now it's
0: resulting in like these triple A blockbuster games being created. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I am familiar with this idea from like X Files. If you remember some of the episodes that kind of paid homage to the longer uh, running story arcs in X Files, they had kind of the like the d- d- nondescript government building under lock and key. With just like not the monster of the week, like the uh, exactly, yeah, the long form stories. I think it was always the smoking man that was yeah. like you know dropping a piece of paper off or whatever, like wheeling a box in there. Same with uh, Indiana Jones, the the worst or tied for worst, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Um, they they with have Shia like, LeBeouf vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it's pretty bad. It it's is pretty terrible. bad. Um, but they kind of have that like giant government warehouse where they keep the Roswell crystal skull, alien UFO buzzword, uh, Some <laughs> <artifacts. dogs. laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like, I don't know. I think there is, uh, there's, there is definitely something about this type of fiction or just this idea that like sp- has spoken to me. Since I understood we had we have a government, I like it. It was days after that when I thought they must be hiding something. There must be some like a warehouse of crazy artifacts that are too dangerous to put in the Smithsonian because they're cursed. Yeah, that's so. On this page,
1: once you get past like the intro of SCP Wiki and you start getting into the files, it's all very convincing. There are several places on this page where. It says, SCP, Wiki, and the Foundation are fictional creations. None of this is real. Because I could totally see someone who's like deep into internet conspiracy getting linked to one of these files through Reddit and then like taking it as something that's real because it seems it's so boringly formatted. It's totally something you expect to see come off of a bureaucrat's desk. And that just like feeds into the fiction of it, which is why the the whole idea of it is so fascinating because it's 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 the kind of thing that you were like why would somebody make this up you know yeah. it just it just seems so like it was just part of somebody's hourly job to file these things
0: huh just a huh hmm. that's it no so, I, I was thinking about <laughs> q and again <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's on there. All right, so let, nothing, me, let me talk to you.
0: Realistic, there's nothing realistic or believable about QAnon, but I, who knows how many people believe that? I mean, it's like almost like a sparking, like a political movement right now. So yeah, I could totally see something like this being being taken seriously easily, which is and crazy. I can see how phenomenon like QAnon
1: gets started also, where it's it's something that you know someone maybe created it as an art piece like some sort of performance art and it takes on a life of its own and right. then maybe it it changes hands a few times you know it's like it gets too big and the person who started is like i don't i don't want to do this anymore so it changes hands so like the tone of the posts change but it, it's the fiction really exists in the mind of the consumer you know it's like the the breadcrumbs the queue posts are just kind of like a jumping off point for one of these crazy like flash phenomenon like collection of human minds to come together and just take on its own momentum that really can't be stopped
0: you know um reply all did a i don't know if you heard the recent episode where they discussed uh who they think is behind qanon but it was very interesting if you haven't listened to that i did listen to it 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 was incredible yeah
1: Yeah, and we won't go too far into it now, but everyone here knows that we want you to go listen to Reply All. Definitely. So if you haven't caught up with their most recent episodes, go check that out now.
0: Well, I'm kind of hoping that Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I want to talk to you about um, how I came about all of this stuff, like how I came across it. So it was... This was on Thursday night. This is the piece of content that I said that I was just scrolling through YouTube and found. So it had this, like, I'm a sucker for, like, military sci-fi stuff, and it, the thumbnail was, like, a guy with panoramic night vision goggles. He just, like, kind of like a SEAL team member. And the thumbnail was real slick, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. I clicked on it, and it was called SCP Overlord. And it's this Kickstarter-backed project it's a YouTube film by Evan Muir and Stephen Hancock. And it's on this page called Evan Royalty. And it appears that these guys got their start creating cinematics using footage captured from video games. So this is a technique that's commonly referred to as machinima. It's like machine and cinema. And it involves creative uh, creating films using footage captured through real-time graphic engines like video games. And one of the the early popular... Machinimas was this thing called Red versus Blue, which was like this yep. comedic series filmed I've in Halo. It actually,
0: yeah, and I never played Halo, but I've actually watched that show on YouTube several years ago. I was fascinated by it. Yeah, and you like you know using multiplayer, you can act out
1: scenes and you film it and edit it together, and that's like what a lot of the, the first videos on this Evan Roy, royalty page were. And it looks like as the channel gathered enough of a following for them, they started. You know, they were able to put together a Kickstarter, and they started creating these live-action films. Uh, One of them is SCP Overlord, and the other is is SCP Dollhouse. So they have two episodes. But the the first one I watched was uh, Overlord, and the plot synopsis is basically: there's an anomaly strike team. They're working for the Foundation, and they're tasked with investigating this strange occurrence at this rural farm and the farm is known to be the location of this cryptic cult so the the anomaly that they're investigating it includes these humans levitating 30 feet above the treetops and they're kind of like in this like sacrificial like jesus pose and they're sent there to investigate And you get you get the feeling that these guys they've never seen anything like this in particular. But they are professionals in this field of assault on these anomalous occurrences. So despite their unfamiliarity with this specific issue, which is basically like a horror movie setup, they remain professional and effective throughout the entire the entire runtime of the of the show. And that is I think that's like very refreshing to see an approach like that because it doesn't buy into the like Resident Evil type trope where there's like a highly trained strike team and they just get torn apart instantly. As soon as they encounter something strange, like it doesn't go that direction at all. Hmm. Interesting. And this thing is way better than it has any right to be like the acting is pretty much great across the board with maybe a few questionable line deliveries here and there, but it's much better than you would expect to see in like a live action YouTube movie basically.
0: And then and this the was first the kick- thing that- this was a kick this was a kickstarter backed project? Yeah, exactly. But it's a- it's out now. So it's already been funded and everything and created. Oh yeah, you can watch oh. all this stuff for free. Everything wow. I'm talking about tonight
1: is free. So the first thing that like really got me where I was like I'm going to sit down and watch more than like 3 minutes of this was the character design. Like all of these soldiers, they're all in gas masks with their faces obscured. And they have tactical gear on, but what they're wearing underneath the gear really sets them all apart so they cut different silhouettes. Like they they all have like a vest and night vision goggles and a ballistic helmet. But they're all wearing like different shirts. Like one guy has like a red shirt and you just kind of identify him as, oh, he's the red shirt guy. And then there's different pant shirt variants and different pouches and things. So it's very clever the way they characterize all these people who would otherwise look very inhuman because, you know, like you see a seal team member all decked out for like a night raid and they, they look like some kind of like alien assault force. Cause they're wearing all this high tech stuff. So it's very much like video game characters, the way that you would have like that silhouette personalized for each character. And you can identify them just by glancing at them from afar.
0: Interesting. It kind of, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but, um, I, it kind of it, it reminds me of the new Jumanji, how you have like video oh, totally. game character tropes but yeah man, that that movie was actually pretty fantastic i got to say i'm a big fan of that it's, It It's actually great. i
1: have a it's kind of like a guilty pleasure but man the rock puts out some
0: some good <laughs> content man dude he's dwayne johnson for president 2024 so, good, Billy.
1: <laughs> so they're uh so they have gas masks on too, and another way that it kind of personalizes them is they have like one guy has like a wart, ho- like a wart hog from you know like the A10, the mouth painted on his mask. One guy has these red stripes up and down his mask. One guy has fangs. You kind of get the feeling they're all they're all like independent, maybe like mercenaries that are all skilled in this like anomaly assault business. And then the way they move and clear rooms, you can tell like these guys really put a lot into training their actors because they're never flagging each other with their guns like anytime they pass in front of each other the gun goes up or goes down they're calling all their movements and then again this is something that you wouldn't get in you, know, you wouldn't get any format other than like an independent youtube film but there's this dramatic showdown it that ends in a very anti climatic double tap from one of the operators you know it's like there's this big build up and it's like pap, pap, and. The enemy is down, which it seemed that seems so realistic to me because they really built this tension. They tried to defuse the situation only to have their hands forced. And it really looks like these guys training just took over and their response was on autopilot. So, you know, kudos to like that kind of restrained writing and like the performance from the actors. I was like, when I saw that scene, I was totally bought in. I was like, I'm, I'm okay going wherever this movie takes me at this point. How long is this like
0: a full length film? It's like 30 minutes. Okay. So it's like a short film and it's all based on this SPC fictional universe. Yeah, SCP. God. That's it's crazy.
1: So cool. So when it's really I wanna cool. this there's another this is another thing that kind of struck me as like some of the, the genius performance that you get from independent filmmaking so they're all wearing gas masks and there's one scene where this character he's trying to like hack a door lock and he tells the guys like did you try one two three four and they're all like they all like talk to him like he's an idiot but he, as he goes up he's like i'm gonna try it his gas mask is starting to fog up and he like punches in one two three four the door opens and he looks back he's like kind of like this incredulous look on his face but then he says uh he says tell me i'm not the most valuable member on this team and then one of his team members just goes fix your fucking seal dude he's talking about his gas mask seal and i was like so bothered by his gas mask being fogged up but then i i i had the thought that it's like you know what they're probably shooting this his gas mask was fogged up and instead of reshooting the whole scene they just had one of the guys ad-lib this line and and they're like, oh, that's great. That's better than what we wrote. So it's like they instantly rewrote the scene to include this, the little bit of ad lib, and then kept it in. Because it's not, you know, there's no one, they're not beholden to anyone other than their own sensibilities or what they think would make an awesome film.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I heard a interview on Joe Rogan with the Navy SEAL. And I unfortunately, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but he's pretty well known. I think he's written a couple of books and has his own show. But he talked about fighting in Iraq, and he was, like, this special forces, like, uh, I don't know, Navy, I th- Navy SEAL, like, serious stuff, you know? But he had... He interviews ton- a lot of Navy SEALs, so... He does. He t- it does <laughs> yeah. not narrow it down, um, being on Joe Rogan. But he had all kinds of equipment, this and that, and he had a gas mask, and he was saying his first, like, high-profile raid, like, his first, like, real mission... He, his mask was basically completely fogged up and he couldn't really see anything. So it might not be like that out of the realm of just like realism.
1: Yeah. It seems like that probably happens. Yeah. And it's probably, if you're getting fogged up, you know, it's probably an indicator that you did something wrong with the seal. And right. so, of course, <laughs> you're like in this like brotherhood of like badasses. You're going to give each other shit. That's just like what you do. It just seems so real to me yeah and that is like what i like about that i'm just assuming that that was some sort of impromptu thing but i really i know from like doing design work and designing logos and posters and things like some of the best work is a product of working around the limitations of a project or your own shortcomings or mistakes and just like incorporating them like happy accidents and that's you know it's amazing what a creator can do with like massive creativity and a love for their craft and the constraints of a small budget. You get like these little genius tidbits and something that is also just overall an amazing work of art.
0: I like that you're channeling Bob Ross for the show. Happy little accidents. Exactly. So I'm not going to go too far
1: into this thing, but Overlord, SCP Overlord, awesome. Amazing. The effects are understated understated and very believable the characterizations are all very realistic and that added to the suspension of disbelief for me both at the story that they were presenting but also the fact that this was a small independent film you know it like it started to take on the feeling of something that had like a, a budget behind it but not those same kind of designed by board meeting ideals that usually come with a budget and that's the exact kind of content i did not even know i was missing out on
0: that's really cool, man. Wow. I I honestly as soon as we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to be looking up these SPCs, baby. SCP, got to get it right. <laughs> what do Search I keep saying? Search engine optimization, <laughs> SPC. SPC. I, wait, I'm saying S S P C SPC or it is SPC? Listeners, what's Brett saying? <laughs> saying SPC. Uh, well SCP? I have a ton of links
1: got it I'll share I'll share a bunch of links this week. I could literally go on for hours about this but this is when we first came up with the idea for this show. the idea was we wanted to bring this awesome content, some of it obscure and present it to people with the idea of selling them on going out and checking it out themselves. And we've covered, you know, a wide range of things, like things that are very mainstream. We've covered like The Mandalorian and Avatar. But we've also covered some stuff that maybe you've never even heard of. And with a lot of content shows and like movie review shows a lot of it is diving into something that you already know. And that's kind of like where, for me, the enjoyment comes of listening to a movie show. I can like get someone else's take who may be an expert, and it helps me kind of uh, expand my appreciation of that piece of art that I already love. But with this, like, this really falls into the true calling and idea behind Content Clearinghouse is to like bring some content that you've never heard of and sell you on the idea of consuming it. So hopefully you guys want to go out and check this out. You know, if you like supernatural stuff, if you like the investigation type stories or extremely creative and interesting writing, that's all gussied up to look like boring government reports. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the, the world of SCP.
0: That is quintessential internet. If you work for the government, and you do a lot of uh, data entry and paperwork, and you just can't get enough. Want <laughs> to do some on your time off? Exactly. None. Like, man,
1: you know what's missing from my
0: weekend? <laughs> Spreadsheets. <laughs> Spreadsheets. Awesome, Josh. Oh my gosh. No, you. I. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I absolutely love listening to you talk about the content. Um, and there's, I mean, a lot of shows out there that that like discuss movies that i've already seen but if it's a movie that i think is hilarious to talk about or is a some a favorite of mine i could i could listen to content for hours about a single piece of content but i do i mean it, it also is my hope that just the the uh those those things of those little pieces of entertainment that i've never seen i've never heard of you have already introduced me to some of those gems. So I really appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do too. And to the listeners, we, uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for checking out our little slice of the content universe. Um, if you like the show, don't forget to review it. Uh, you can check out our website, cchpod.com. We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook at the content clearing house for both of those. So don't, don't be afraid to, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we don't bite. We are not SCPs of any sort that I know of. Speak for yourself, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for uh, tuning in and we'll see you next week on the content clearing house.